your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom. Coming up on the show, we're going to talk fraud. We're going to talk scams, Nigerian prince emails, and Facebook Marketplace. Just, just all the weird stuff that... Uh, you know, you get in your email, you get a phone call, you you get from Facebook Marketplace, Facebook Messenger messages, right? So uh, we're going to do that with the AARP's Jay Hoppola. He's uh, with the Fraud Awareness Program in Minnesota, and they're running an event uh, on October 24th here in La Crosse. We'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. Uh, before that, I just want to throw this out there. Over the weekend, I went to what's called Tim's Hill. I think it's called Tim's Hill. Two M's. Tim's Hill. It's the highest point in Wisconsin. I'd never heard of this. I was like, man, I got to check it out. And what better time to do that? Because the in a, in, a, in a week or so, I don't think it'll be as cool because all the leaves will be gone. Uh, but I went and checked it out. It's way up, it's kind of a, a little. It's a little bit of a drive. It's about three hours, three and a half hours from here. A very different experience than um, if you wanted to. If somebody from there came here to check out Granddad Bluff, also a cool thing to see overlooking the city. But this is very different because you just any which way you look. Pretty much woods every every direction, uh, but it was really cool. There's a there's a like fire tower, and then there's another tower right next to it. So you can, you get to Wisconsin's highest point, and then you can climb this tower to get a little bit higher and get over all the trees, and then overlook everything. It was pretty cool. Uh, but I was just curious, like for anyone listening, if you want to text me six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four, what other places in the area? It doesn't have to be Wisconsin, but like where do we need to go, especially right now. Maybe the, this might be the last weekend to, to really check it out. I think up north, the leaves are falling a little bit faster, maybe even gone as you go further north. I think down here, we're still pretty pretty okay with uh, the fall colors. But where else do we need to go? Uh, to just these are, these are cool things to see in, in Wisconsin, Minnesota, in the area. Um, I'm, I'm taking suggestions. Um, one other thing, the, the, the state legislature tomorrow is going to pass. I'm guessing they're just going to pass giving almost $600 million to the Milwaukee Brewers. Not not so much giving the Brewers $600 million, but taking state money, county money, local money, public money, and investing it, quote-unquote, investing it into upgrading the Milwaukee Brewers Stadium. $600 million. They're going to prove that. All the politicians falling over themselves, even though public opinion uh, polling says most of the state, over half the state, is against doing that. Can we come up with a better deal? Um, but they're gonna, they're going to vote on that next week, and I think it's really weird that we don't have we have public hearings for other things, but we don't have a public hearing for that. Like we don't we for the state budget, we had multiple public hearings. Right, uh, you could go there. People waited eight hours. John Havlicek was in here last week. We didn't talk about it, but he waited eight hours in line essentially listening to testimony from the public on what they do and don't like in the budget or what they do and don't want in the budget. And then uh, we don't do that for the brewers, just like a a section of the budget that was taken out. So they took that out of the budget. Republicans did. Governor Evers is going to give about 290 million and they just did it on its own and that's fine. But then have some public hearings. How does the public feel about giving six hundred million dollars of our money? Right, not mine. I'm in Minnesota, but I, I do. I think because I work here, I probably pay back taxes to this um, to to upgrade a, a, a baseball stadium. It's so ludicrous. Uh, we've had Dan Kapanke, the loggers owner, on in here, and the deal in, in Lacrosse is totally different. I get, but like the the loggers pay for the upgrades on Copeland Park, which the city owns. Uh, can't we do that? Can't we do that? 
if we just give the Brewers the stadium with the promise that they stay in town until they win a World Series, why don't we just do that? Sell the Brewers the stadium for a dollar. You don't have to, you can leave whenever you want, but you have to win a World Series first. That's always my argument for this. Um, anyway, that's my rant, mini rant. Uh, we might talk about it tomorrow too. And uh, later in the week, Jill Billings will be on. But uh, coming up next, Jay Hoppala, the AARP Fraud Awareness Program head of Minnesota to talk scams. We'll be back. Something you can get for $19.99? A month of unlimited car washes at Ship Shape Car Wash. What's something you can't do in five minutes? Sort through your old fall wardrobe. Something you can do in five minutes? Get a car that shines so nice at Ship Shape Car Wash on Alaska and La Crosse's South Side. Wash your car more than once a month? A monthly pass will save you money. Your car isn't clean till it's ship shape. When you're looking to update your home, shop the Habitat Restore. The Habitat Restore offers a wide selection of new and gently used building materials and home furnishings at an incredibly low price. From furniture and cabinets, windows and doors, appliances, vintage items, reclaimed lumber, and everything in between. The Restore has what you're looking for, and new products arrive daily. So before you run to that big box store, shop the Habitat Restore, providing families with a place to call home. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. On the phone with me now is Jay Hoppala. He is the AARP's Fraud Awareness Program Lead in Minnesota. So I'm bringing Jay in over from Minnesota. Are you running this thing, Jay, on October 24th, or are you just part of the process here, part of the fun? Well, with our with our neighbors there in Wisconsin and my colleagues in the AARP Wisconsin State Office, we like to work together. And so we are hosting an event in La Crosse, Wisconsin on October 24th, where people can come learn about the latest scams and how to protect themselves. So, uh, yeah, we're glad to be working across the border. It's called the Lax Scam Jam. It sounds fun, but is it going to be fun? We're not jamming out. It's not a concert, but 830 in the morning would be a weird time to have a concert, 830 to noon. But the lacrosse or lax scam jam at the Radisson on October 24th. Let's just do like a broad overview of what people could expect to go and find out here. And who who do you want coming, I guess? Sure. Yeah, we do try to make it light a little bit. I mean, financial crime is a devastating issue that affects a lot of people. But education and empowerment really is the way that we can fight back against fraud. And we got the Spotify playlist already, so we'll put some jam into the Scam Jam event. But what we really are doing here is we bring together a lot of different organizations that play a role in fighting against fraud and identity theft. Um, and we put on this program. So it starts with breakfast at 8.30 in the morning. That's when we'll open up the doors. And we have a expo. I like to call it a mini expo because we might have, we have about 15 different organizations that will have their resources available for people. And then at 9 o'clock, we'll get into a series of presentations. Um, we have a woman from the FBI who's an expert in financial crime. So she'll tell us about what's happening with the FBI and their investigations. There's a, another, another speaker from the international association of fraud investigators that will be sharing information with us. And then my colleague from AARP, she's our nationwide uh, fraud expert, especially when it comes to issues affecting veterans and military families. So you might not know, you might know, but, Veterans and military families are targeted by fraud 
even more than the average person. Why is that? Is that because one of the members of the family isn't home or overseas and the other one is kind of left to defend themselves, so to speak, from these situations? Yeah, that's a part of the puzzle that just that isolation that some families can experience. And then also, I think with veterans and military families, that they're just accustomed to dealing with government agencies. And that's where the scammers insert themselves as imposters, pretending like and and using tactics to get people to think that they are a government agency that's here to help. But instead, they're really just stealing people's money and information. Yeah, I used to get the phone call all the time, and it, and I never answer it. I don't know. You probably called me earlier today, and I didn't answer it because it's just it's a number. I don't know. We don't answer the phone anymore. And then the voicemail comes up, and it's you know this is so and so with whatever law office. You're going to be arrested if you don't call back because there's charges. I don't know. It's a it's very it's probably a pretty basic scam. And I'm just like, oh my god. And then after a while, I'm like, well, I guess you can come arrest me then because I don't know what you're talking about. But it's 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 it's, it's a scary thing to hear over the. The phone, but I don't know. You're probably familiar with that kind of scam, huh? Oh, yeah. People like me who work in this field and we talk with AARP members and everyone out there like you who are getting targeted and spammed all day long on your telephone. It's a shame that you can't just answer the phone and deal with people. But that's that's one half of the issue that we'll be covering through this event is uh, understanding the specific scam. So when that phone rings, how can you tell if it's something you should pay attention to or something that you should ignore or report to the investigators? Um, and it's just a shame that we have to live in the world the way it is right now. But it, when people understand the specific scams that are coming across their phone or their email or that they find online, that's the biggest step in being empowered to avoid them and make sure you don't lose any money. But another half of the issue here is just the regulations that haven't kept up with the technology and um, the type of technology that we use. It's just uh, it's a shame that you can't answer the phone and not expect that it's a criminal on the other end. So we have work to do when it comes with the regulations that stop all of this fraud. We're speaking with Jay Hoppala. He's in charge of the AARP Fraud Awareness Program in Minnesota. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I feel like we're really behind. And, and maybe even some of the fines that come with uh, different regulations or people breaking regulations. Like, oh, it's a $5 million fine and the company is like a multi-billion dollar corporation. But when it comes to regulations, yeah. For example, Jay, I'm jotting notes down as you're talking and I'm thinking of all the scams that have happened to me. I try to sell something on Facebook Marketplace And I just get inundated with, you know, hey, I'll buy it. And can you sign up for whatever? I don't know. How many Facebook marketplace scams are there out there? That's a big one. And it starts off, it seems like, well, what are they trying to get at here? If you're trying to sell something on the marketplace and then the first people within moments will respond and say that they're interested in your product, but they want to, they want you to verify a code that they're going to send you or they want to deal with, you know, do a payment over a a peer-to-peer payment app like Venmo or Zelle. And really, the marketplace has nothing to do with it, but instead it's just the relationship that they can form and gain the confidence of their victims so that they will, you know, be motivated to share information or make a payment that in the end turns out to be fraudulent. Um, so I always ask my audience this when I'm doing these presentations, like who, what law enforcement agency do you think is really monitoring Facebook marketplace and ensuring that the people posting or responding to, to advertisements on there aren't really scammers who are breaking the law? 
And the answer is not not very many. Not very many law enforcement agencies are really monitoring that. Um, so that's why it's so important to be informed and to be aware of the scams that if you just are trying to sell something on the Internet, that you're going to be targeted by scammers within moments. So that's what people can come to this event and learn more about. The Lax Scam Jam event is at the Radisson here downtown on October 24th. It begins at 830, goes to noon. They're going to feed you breakfast. And Jay said other goodies before we uh, got on the air. I don't know what other goodies. Not Bloody Marys, though. He made it, he made it, made it known that we won't be drinking Bloody Marys at 830 on uh, the 24th. Yeah, I think that would be B-Y-O-B-M, bring your own Bloody Mary. But we'll have, yeah, there's breakfast. There's all the resources available from these different organizations. And, uh, yeah, we'll have snacks and food. And and it's a chance for people to be empowered. Come, yeah, Well, here, it's a quick story. Um, and it's the facts. It's the data here that we're looking at that since 2019, the amount of money reported lost to fraud in Wisconsin, in Minnesota, Minnesota, all across the nation, has increased by 366%. So if you thought you were knew what you were doing and you're not vulnerable to fraud just a few years ago, it's time to think again. Um, the scammers during the pandemic years really ramped up their operations, um, and they are running full force, just trying to steal money from people, and it's happening. Even those numbers that are reported are probably, well, we know that they are lower than the truth because a lot of people don't report when they've been victimized. They don't have a lot of hope to get their money back and and probably just would rather not have anyone else know that they were victimized in a fraud uh, scheme or by a scam. And so we know it's underreported, but it's a big problem. Millions of people are losing billions of dollars. Um, whether it's people, criminals overseas who are targeting targeting us here in the upper Midwest or increasingly um, origin, fraud originating here in the United States with organized criminals who are realizing that they can steal a lot of money by doing these Internet scams and phone scams uh, in more sophisticated ways using technology. I think some of your listeners out there probably are aware of the uh, artificial intelligence stories that are in the media. There's a big 60-minute story about artificial intelligence being used to impersonate voices of people's loved ones, and then they target the, their victims and uh, use this voice to scare them into sending money because they think they need to rescue their loved one. But I think the artificial intelligence, the most powerful thing that it can do is help people who don't you know, speak the English language or it's not their first language. And then they can use this te- technology from anywhere in the world to make emails and phone calls that seem more like it's, you know, someone from the United States of America that they're dealing with when really it's a foreign scammer why, using the computer to scam people. Why is AI always evil, Jay? Like, can't the AI help us fight the scammers? Can we flip Arnold to the good Terminator here and make AI the one that helps us? This is a scammer. Do not talk to this person. Do not give them your social security number. I don't know. That's my very frantic robot no, voice. You. And if you think about it, like the you've probably got a phone call from your bank or seen a message from your bank that asks you to verify whether or not you authorize a transaction on your credit card or your debit card. And in a sense, that is artificial intelligence that is monitoring all these bank transactions to flag uh, likely fraud uh, before the money gets transferred. So 
so yes, there are two, definitely two sides to that coin. And, and that's my message too, is people don't have to be scared of this technology. Instead, understand it and use it to empower yourself and, and be uh, safer from all of this crime happening. All right, before we go to break, um, we're going to continue with Jay Hopla. He's in charge of the AARP Fraud Awareness Program in Minnesota. They're doing an event October 24th at the Radisson. Anyone can come. The Lax Scam Jams, what it's called, 830 to noon. Jay, this thing, you guys are AARP. So automatically, I think AARP, old people, retired. Is is that your audience that you want showing up here? Is it just because those are the people that are getting scammed the most? or Or should we not generalize? I'm glad you asked, and we shouldn't generalize. And it's, I won't get into the details here, but the number one federal agency that collects information on financial crime uh, reports, like those reports I was referencing before, mm-hmm. they showed that last year now people age uh, 20 to 39, so we're talking about the young folks here, were actually uh, defrauded two times as often as people over the age of 70. So all of us need to be aware of this fraud. And in fact, today we can say that young people are being uh, scammed at two times more frequently than older people. Uh, but, you know, we're having the event on a weekday morning. And so, you know, we did do that for a reason. We At ARP, we are serving people over the age of 50 and everyone who will be someday. So that's why we're doing this event. And anyone can come. It's open to people of all ages or whatever. But we just want folks to register. So you can do that by phone or online. I'll give the website now, which is pretty easy to, to remember. It's aarp.org slash WI for Wisconsin. Okay. And you can register for the event. And I, I would say that it, it, it probably it's probably smart that younger people come because, A, they're eventually going to get well, you said younger people are getting scammed more often anyway, and I would say maybe the facts don't bear out because if I'm getting scammed, I ain't telling anyone, Jay. I'm not telling anyone. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, you could probably learn something and then kind of relay that to your parents or whatever uh, if you needed to. Like, oh, yeah, Ma, you're getting scammed. Like, don't even. Um, anyway, we got to take a break. We'll be back uh, to continue this conversation in a minute. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom on the phone with me today. If you haven't heard the first half of the conversation, we're going to continue with Jay Hopla. He is the in charge of the AARP Fraud Awareness Program in Minnesota. They're doing this event on October 24th at the Lacrosse Radisson. It's called the Lax Scam Jam. Jay said it's B Y O B M. Bring your own Bloody Marys if you want, but they're going to feed you breakfast and have other stuff there for you. It's from eight thirty to noon, so we can kind of guess the age range of of people that are maybe going to be available at that point. And just generalizing AARP, but anyone can come. And I think it was probably pretty interesting for you. You you threw this stat out there: twenty to thirty nine year olds are, are defrauded twice as much as somebody seventy and over. Is that the stat? Did I get that right? Yeah, those are the numbers coming from the Federal Trade Commission. And the way anyone is analyzing it now, it's just, you know, you hear about young people being described as digital natives, but because they're online, right? They were, by the time they could hold the cell phone, they were utilizing their cell phone. I have teenage daughters. They they don't even want cash. Like if they get $20 cash, they'll ask their mom to put it in their bank account so that they can spend it online. So that environment like I said before, is just ripe for fraud and for imposters to be lurking and stealing money from people. So that's just the way of the world now. Well, and not to bring up rape, but a lot of a lot of times rape doesn't get reported. 
when when you talk about you said the same thing when people get defrauded or they they often don't report this so I would guess, Jay, that 20 to 39-year-olds are way more not going to tell anyone that they were defrauded because of they're embarrassed versus people 70 and up. Because once I get to 70, Jay, I'll be like, yeah, they got me. They, they got my credit card number, and I'm going to tell whoever I need to tell. But as a 25-year-old, I'm going to be like, I ain't telling nobody. Yeah, it's a big issue. And when people are victimized in financial crimes, it's not only their bank account that is affected. You know, it affects their health as well affects their family relationships. Like I'll even use the, the uh, example of my teenage stepdaughter who, you know, had her level of independence when it came to spending her money and doing what she pleased. And then when we found out that she got scammed, we're having more control over, over how she does that. So if you're a 80 year old person, it's kind of a similar familial relationship. But if your adult children find out that you're getting scammed while well, there's probably going to be some loss of independence that comes with that. And so it's a real issue for families. And then also it's a real issue for individuals who are losing their independence or having other, you know, health effects and, uh, you know, consequences of getting involved with financial crime. If you do get scammed, whether it's online or in the mail or, I mean, do you just like, you, you mentioned this before, but, but what do you do? Do you call the police? Like, and can the police help you or do you gotta, do you call AARP? Like what happens? AARP does have a um, helpline available. It's our fraud watch network helpline where people can call and get help discerning whether or not what they're looking at is a scam or whether they should respond to it. And then also to call for help when people have lost money. And one of the problems or issues is for fraud victims is that there are dozens and dozens of different government agencies that say they are available to help fraud victims. But in the end, depending on the payment method, the scammers know what they're doing. So by the time someone sends money, there's most of the time uh, not any way to trace it. There's not any way to catch the criminals who've uh, done the crime because they make sure they're anonymous and that they can't be traced and they make sure the money can't be traced either. Um, So that's why it's so important to be educated before it happens, because once it does, there's often no help for people. But to answer your question, yeah, do call your local police department. They might tell you that uh, they don't have the resources to investigate every financial crime that happens. But I'd say in... Right now in La Crosse, Wisconsin, there might be some other crimes going on, but the number of people looking at their computers or answering their phone and getting scammed right now, it's the number one crime being attempted in La Crosse, Wisconsin right now. Yeah, what would you say is the most common way that these people are trying to get at you? Is it through email? Is it through Facebook Marketplace? Is it just straight up calling you, cold calling you on the phone? It's all of the above. And in those trends for the different methods, it's like market saturation almost. It's like they're not going to quit calling on the phone because it works. They're not going to quit posting things on Facebook Marketplace. They're not going to quit emailing everyone because it's just like any, you know, any type of sales, you just want to get it out there. So they'll try to target people in any way they possibly can. Uh, But we do, I guess we do see more text-based scams for a while there in the last couple months, I've been getting a lot of reports about a United States post office imposter text that comes through. It says your package has been delivered to the warehouse, 
but it can't be delivered to its final destination unless you click on the links and provide more information. Um, so that scam in particular is, is gaining in popularity. I literally got that text last week. I didn't click on the link. Mm-hmm. And we we sometimes get these in the email too. I would say maybe more than sometimes. Is it as simple as if I click on the link, I'm bleeped? Like, that's it? They've got me because they're into my browser or my phone? Is I don't know. Is there some of these scams where all you have to do is click that thing? It's mostly deeper than that. So okay. most of these scams, I would say that, when well, when someone is scammed on the computer or their account is taken over, they always say, I was hacked. I was hacked. You've probably seen people in your email. Yeah contacts or in your social media contacts, you say, I was hacked. Don't respond to anything from someone coming, you know, pretending to be me, but they weren't really hacked in that sense. In the, to answer your question, the the vast majority of these cases, and in fact, it was the social security and administration that did the study to show that nine out of 10 of those victims were actually uh, involved in a phishing scam. Like we call it social engineering it would be a big waste of time for the scammers to try to hack your computer because the security software is um, is state of the art. And even if they do get into your computer, it's um, just too big of an investment for them. It's way easier for them to send out emails to hundreds of thousands of people. And the email convinces the victim to share too much information. So it's, could be dangerous to click on a link that you don't know where it came from or what it is. It could be a virus. It could give someone remote access to your device. But like I said, nine times out of 10, according to one study, it's actually that the person responded and they shared their password or they shared their banking information or other personal information that they shouldn't have. We're speaking with Jay Hopla. He runs the AARP Fraud Awareness Program in Minnesota, but he's coming to lacrosse on October 24th to help with this event called the the Lax Scam Jam. It's at the Radisson, and if you it's free. They're going to feed you breakfast and other things. I don't know what other things they're going to feed you, but anything free food, I'm game. And if you go to aarp.org/wi, it's as simple as that. It's the biggest link right on that homepage. There's where you register for the free event. I get all that, Jay. Good enough. I, I did your work for you there. Yeah, come on down. We want to fill up the room and give everyone the good information about staying safe from financial crime. And you said it earlier, it's like everyone thinks they're not going to be the next one to get scammed. But look at it this way. If you are empowered, if you have a level of understanding about these financial crimes, you can help keep other people safe too. Whether it's your kids, like I was talking about my stepdaughter, or your parents, or, you know, just other people that you care about. So um, get educated about fraud and spread the word so that other people can be safer, too. We'll see the police post on social media every once in a while, like fraud alert or scam alert, and there'll be, you know, some kind of description of whatever the scam is. What would you say is, I don't know, could we just do this? What's like the best scam that, that you can think of? This This one really worked. A lot of people got suckered into this. Yeah, I think, and what our research shows, so I'm sidestepping a little bit about my personal opinion, but it's no different. I think the one, the scams that get their victims to react out of fear are very powerful. Uh, you know, someone could tell you you won the million-dollar lottery or that you're getting some large amount of money, and you're probably going to be skeptical about that because it sounds too good be, to be true. But when you get that message and it says you're in trouble if you don't react right away, 
Um, there's yeah. no time to waste. You're going to have to pay a fine or you're going to face legal uh, consequences or one of your loved ones is going to be in trouble. I think those are very powerful. And probably if anyone was monitoring it, see that they have a higher rate of success than some of the other weird ones that people see. And is it as easy as, the, I mean, it sounds sounds stupid because who's giving out their social security number? What are they trying to get from you that then they got you? Like, what is the bit of information that they want to get from you? Or is it just too vast to kind of slim down? No, it's not too vast, but I, um, it's not just their victim's money. So this is a big, it's like a huge organized crime or like a Syndicate? sector of our economy. It's not even a business or a or an ind it's like an industry so some of it is designed to get your money if they can get your cash they'll take it if they can get you to buy gift cards they'll take it if they can get you to put your money in a bitcoin vending machine at the gas station they will take it they want your personal information whether it's to use and as an imposter and steal money from someone else they want access to your devices so a lot of the scams you see online are designed to get people to connect their their computer, their laptop, or their cell phone to a remote desktop type of program that gives a scammer access to the device. <laughs> Others are those phishing scams that are described that are designed to get people to share their login information so someone else can take over their account. And the scammers are even recruiting otherwise well-meaning people to be what we call money mules, where here in Woodbury, Minnesota, where I live, the detective trait was tracing money that was going to a 20-year-old kid that thought he was working from home, but really he was taking scam payments and and sending those payments off to a different uh, part of the crime ring, uh, making it really difficult for the investigators to trace. So it's not just about getting the money. The scammers are real sophisticated, and, and they are after a lot of different things that it takes to support an organized crime industry. We sell old car junk at, at car shows over the summer. Some some years it's better than others, but while all this stuff is sitting out, I said to my mom, "Mom, take a picture of all this stuff and then like sell it on marketplace." Dad Dad doesn't have Facebook, so we don't have to worry about Dad. But Mom, so she she does, and then she goes, "Well, I did this, and everybody wants my phone number. They ah, uh, my messenger mm -hmm. doesn't work. Can you can you send me your phone number?" So. I mean, what what's going on there? Like the, the these are scammers, I know, but like what what's they they, they want to call you and then talk to you, and therefore they're going to be able to extract information out of you because they got your phone number somehow. Yeah, so this is interesting to me. Maybe there's other people as well, but that marketplace scam that you're describing is a way to defeat um, multi-factor authentication on different websites. So for a lot of your listeners out there, you might know, like you enter your username and password into your bank account website, for example, um, and it says, uh, what, do you want us to text you or email you with the confirmation code? Okay. So that's an extra level of security. That's a good thing um, that stops someone who doesn't have access to your computer or phone from getting into your online account. But that's what those marketplace scammers are doing. They're trying to log in to, could be your bank account, it could be Google Voice, um, where they want to set up uh, an anonymous phone number that they can use from anywhere in the world. And all they need to achieve that is the code that they're about to text you. Uh, and so that's why they create these weird fake postings on 
Facebook Marketplace or other garage sale sites just so they can say, I, I need your phone number. And then I also need to text you this code that I want you to send back to me. Um, and that's how they use your identity and your phone number to set up an anonymous Google voice. And this is impossible. This is impossible to regulate, right? Like the the idea that we would have some kind of federal enforcement that because you could just make a new Facebook account. We're we're never going to get to the bottom of this, right? Is it too big to because you talk about like there's not a whole lot of law enforcement agencies able to handle this stuff. But is is it just because of that? Like everyone in the world can create a Facebook account and, and do this? Yeah, I mean, you're getting philosophical now because you and I don't have to show our I show our identification or prove who we are before we, you know, use the internet or make a phone call. And that's what is not stopping the scammers from doing the same thing. But I, but it's like I say, a philosophical argument. Do you want, do we want more regulations on using the internet? Do we want more regulations on using the phone? I think that would be a big debate, but we have to also come to terms with the fact that when we don't have those kind of controls on our lives, we don't have those controls on the criminals' lives either. Are we still getting the Nigerian king emails? Are we still doing that, or we've moved beyond that? No, it's still happening, but I, I like to point out that those kind of scams are getting much more sophisticated. So in the last year, I've seen a few of those Nigerian prince who wants to leave you their inheritance, <laughs> or for some reason they also come from like Scotland or Ireland, and they you know say that, They've been, they found this money and they think you're entitled to it. And then they want payments and information in exchange for receiving the money that never comes. Um, but more and more of the scams are originating in the United States. They don't have misspellings and just uncommon kind of cultural yeah. relevance the way that those old Nigerian print scams did. They're much more sophisticated. Uh, and with technology, you know, you could, whether it's a letter that comes in the mail or an email that comes to your inbox, uh, right from your own laptop or smartphone, it would be pretty easy to create uh, foolproof uh, copies of those type of communications that you can't really tell the difference by looking at them. Here's a study that you guys could do that would probably be impossible to figure out, but the ways that scams have ruined the mail for everybody. If I get something in the mail and it, it doesn't look like it's specifically to me, it looks too generic... I throw it in a pile and I just leave the pile until you know either I open it or I just throw it right in the recycling. So one day I got one of these letters that's in the pile and I'm about to th- I'm about to do the recycling and I'm like, well, I'm just going to open this one. And here it's my state check. My state's got a 16 billion dollar budget surplus. They sent me like 300 bucks back or whatever it was. And I'm like, wow, I almost threw this. I wonder how many people because of stupid scammers out there have ruined the mail for us and all our rebate checks that come back uh, just get thrown in the trash. It's probably billions of dollars. <laughs> that could be. And I'm glad you brought this up because our key partners on this event and this effort are the Better Business Bureau. Uh, on the Minnesota side, we have a chapter here and there's another chapter, of course, in Wisconsin. And so we're working with them mm-hmm. on this event. And what you're saying is, yeah, it's a shame that we can't trust the mail. But it also, I think what you're saying, some of it is just outright fraud. And Others are legitimate business people who are kind of walking a gray line between an ethical line between are you trying to market to me and be straightforward with the information you're sending me in the mail or are you trying to make it look like something else? Right. Like when it says final notice or the envelope is disguised or who knows what. And so, you know, scammers 
are just sending garbage in the mail. And what well, just a quick and interesting thing about I once had the postal expect, inspector from Minnesota on one of my events, like what we're doing in lacrosse. Mm-hmm. And I brought an example of a postcard I got in the mail and it was fraud. It was saying I was privy to a class action lawsuit that I didn't, I wasn't. And so it was fraudulent. And I asked, why don't you just go through the mail and take all of these uh, illegal postcards, illegal fraudulent um, items out of the mail? And he said, well, there's one very good reason. That's U.S. Constitution. So the mail is not subject to search and seizure without a warrant. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so important to report the fraudulent mail that you receive, because then it can be uh, removed once uh, they have evidence and a report and a warrant uh, to do so. Yeah, it'd be nice if on the back of the envelope, uh, business was required to tell you why you're getting this. Uh, We're trying to get you to sign up for a credit card, (laughs) you know, on the back when it's like Visa and they're just, you know, very important. uh, It's going to expire and it's and it's legit, but it's also like uh, this is garbage mail. Um, all right, that's Jay yeah. Hapla, Hapla. He's uh, in charge of the AARP Fraud Awareness Program in Minnesota. They're doing this event October 24th. It's called the Lax Scam Jam. You can hear uh, multiple speakers come. They're going to feed you breakfast and um, other goodies. It's happening at the Lacrosse Radisson, 830 to noon. Again, October 24th. And you got to sign up, aarp.org slash WI. Simple as that. It's the first link on there. The biggest link on there when you uh, when you go to that website, aarp.org slash WI. Thanks a lot, Jay. I appreciate it. Yeah, come on down, everyone. Thanks for the coverage on the radio. We'll see you there. No problem. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. All right, that's going to wrap it up for a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Thanks, everybody, for listening and texting. Thanks, Jay Hopla, for joining. He is with the AARP Fraud Awareness Program in Minnesota, but they're having this event called the Lacrosse scam jam at the radisson october 24th so you know a week away week and a day away uh from 8 30 to noon if you want to sign up aarp.org slash wi it's the first link on there uh pretty fun conversation if you want to listen to this conversation or any of the things that midwest family produces wisdom produces go to wisdomnews.com slash podcast coming up tomorrow i'm going to have adam murphy on He's kind of like my political, one of my political blowhards, so to speak, but he's a small business owner, uh, ran for U.S. Senate uh, as a Democrat, one of the 13 people. Uh, But we always have really fun conversations. I feel like maybe we'll have a little bit of that Brewers conversation that Brewers rant I had at the beginning of the show. Adam lives in Milwaukee, so it's a bit more relevant for him in regards to who's going to be paying for a Brewers stadium for this uh, billionaire owner. So anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll do it all again then.